So we are in the third message of the series called Say What? Uh, looking at difficult and uh, often misunderstood passages in the Bible. I guess I don't know where we wouldn't go anywhere else, but in the Bible. So tonight we're going to look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 16. Have you ever had anybody say, uh, the Bible says don't judge? Or Jesus taught, don't judge? Uh, oftentimes people say that because you hold an opinion that is different than theirs. And so they revert to passages like Matthew chapter 7, Luke chapter 6. And we're going to look tonight and see what does the Bible say about making a judgment? What is a judgment and what does the Bible say about making a judgment? That's what we're going to focus on tonight. You know, you know what one of the most dangerous places for your soul is? It's when you are with a group of people. Hold on, baby. Thanks. When you're with a group of people who teach or espouse morality, rights and wrongs, that's a dangerous group to be a part of. And the reason why is because often those kind of groups transform over time. They may start out maybe good, with good intentions. We're going to save something. We're going to help people, whatever it may be. But over time, they transform to doing that, to viewing people in one of two camps. In a camp of either being on the right side which is their side, or being on the wrong side. And when you are on the right side, you're golden. I mean, you, you are great. You're, you're wise. You're loving. You are kind, others-focused. I mean, they heap the praises. But when you're on the wrong side, then you become their enemy. You become the devil, is what you become to them. And they see you as hateful. They see you as harsh. They see you, I should say you, we're talking about all of us, they see anyone as um, self-focused. It's all about yourself. That's what happens in those kind of groups when you're part of a group that espouses morality. You see this all throughout our culture. You see it come in movements, causes. You see it in politics. You see it in the education system, in law. It's just throughout our culture, and you even see it in the church. You even see it in the church. Matthew chapter 7 has a context. It's the whole Bible, obviously, but right now it's the immediate context is really starting in chapter 5 of Matthew and running all the way through the, all of chapter 6. And 
in this, we get the teachings of Jesus. He's teaching right from wrong. He's teaching do's and don'ts of his followers, of his people. In, chapter, in, chapter, in verse 1 of chapter 5, it says, Jesus went upon a mountain, sat down, his disciples came, and he began to speak. So he's telling us, he's telling the church the rights and the wrongs, the do's and the don'ts. You can think about it. You know, he starts out with saying, what do you do? You, you need to be poor in spirit. You need to be humble. You need to rely upon the Lord. You need to be meek, he says. That is, your power needs to be under control. You're not a wild person. He says, you need to be merciful. Those are the do's. He says, you need to suffer for me and rejoice in that suffering. Then he says, don'ts. He says, don't be angry with your brother. Don't lust. You know, don't divorce your spouse. He says, don't, um, don't have false or ingenuine worship. And he goes on and on and on. And at the end of that, he has a cap of his teaching. And it's right here in Matthew chapter 7. So let's read that and see what he says. He says, judge not that you not be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly and take, to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw away your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Judgment. Judging. It's a word that has a range of meanings, right? I mean, it means it can mean from deciding what place to go to, making a decision, to making a judicial judgment, to condemning. And I'm sure there's plenty of others. Giving your opinion after weighing the facts. And context will always tell you what the word means. Any word, right? If I'm sitting there and I, I go up to you and I say, man, your car, it is really bad. I mean, it's going to be the context that's going to tell you what does that word bad mean. Is it really, really cool that I really, really like it? Or is it that, man, your, your tires are bald, your transmission's falling apart, and it is not good whatsoever. It should not be on the road. Well, context would tell you you need that. And so in this, in the context of the Bible, it's going to tell us what kind of judgment is Jesus talking about. And then when we look at the text, the immediate text is going to tell us what, what kind of judgment is Jesus talking about. In the bigger text of the Bible, we have verses like, John 7, 24. John 7, 24, Jesus says, make a right judgment. He gives a command, make a right judgment. He's, he's, he's witnessing, he's ministering to people, and they are accusing him 
of not being who he said he is. He says, you make a judgment. You determine whether I'm a truth teller or whether I'm a liar. So right there, we already have one verse that says, hey, make a judgment. But make it right. You can look at a verse like Matthew chapter 18, verses starting at verse 15. Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, go show him his fault and win him over. How can you know, how can I know, how can we know if somebody's in sin, if they've sinned against us? What does that take? Knowledge, looking at the facts, and then what? Coming up with an opinion. A little bit later on in this verse, Matthew chapter 7, this chapter, Jesus says this. He says, be aware of false prophets. How can you know a false prophet? What do you have to do? Make a judgment. So the Bible seems to be saying, make a judgment. Make a judgment. But yet Jesus here says, don't make a judgment. What's he talking about? What kind of judgment is he talking about in this verse? That's what we've got to settle tonight. That's what we want to settle. So let's look at it again. We'll start at verse 3. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is the log in your own eye. You hypocrite. So what kind of judgment is that? That's for you to answer. <laughs> what kind of judgment is that? So judging somebody's fault as they're, like they're underneath you, is that what you said? Good. What else? What is hypocrisy, or what's hypocritical? What does that mean? What, what, say it again. Oh, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And I've been guilty of that myself. But yeah, it, hypocrisy is not being genuine, right? It's not being authentic. It's not being, it's thinking probably actually more, pretending to be more than you actually are. Pretending to be more than you actually are. Actually, the word actually is from, it means, comes from the acting world. And it's when somebody puts on a mask. The mask doesn't say who they really are. It's just what they're presenting in the moment. Have you know, known people who have been more than they are in the moment? Have you, have, you, have you met people? Have you been with people who are like, man, you know them behind the scenes. But when they're up front or you're talking to somebody, you're going... Who are you? You know, I, I heard you the other night at the game, or I heard you the night at the restaurant. I mean, you don't talk like, you talk differently. Or you act differently, right? Somebody who's being hypocritical. And Jesus says, 
Don't judge that way. Don't be false. Don't be ingenuine. Don't engage people in that manner. You know why you don't engage people in that manner? When, you're, when you've been engaged with somebody who's a hypocrite, how do they treat you? Like you're what? That you're in the wrong? And they kind of put the finger on you, huh? And kind of don't let you up, do they? How else? Somebody you go, that, they're a hypocrite. What's been your interaction with someone who's been false and who's been judging you? They belittle you. They belittle you. Oh, absolutely they do, don't they? Yeah, they do. They really do. They don't take correction. Yep. And yet, when we look at this passage, what is, what is judgment supposed to do for the person whom you're interacting with? Whom, I'll just say, you're calling on the carpet. What's it supposed to do? Yeah. Supposed to correct them. It's supposed to, supposed to help them, right? Because they, they've got something that's preventing them from doing what Jesus has called them to do. Yeah. yeah they've, they've got something there. And so when you can come in and help a brother out, man, that's, helping that, that's giving that brother life. Because Jesus is life. His teachings are life. That's what judgment does. Being able to rightly understand a situation and engage a brother or sister who's in the wrong, who's going down a wrong path, is what judgment is for. Jesus judges, right? Jesus judges all over the place in the New Testament. All over the place. And it's crazy how his judgments, I understand they push some people away, but others draw right to him and say, Lord, you are right. You are right. I'm an evil man. I, I just crack up every time I'm in the book of John. And Jesus says, you are wicked. You are evil. And I think in my head first how I would say it. And then I think, hmm. He had to say it in a way that was factual. But in a way that was pricking their conscience to say, man, I've been trusting maybe in the wrong thing. Maybe my actions are off kilter. Maybe, maybe I'm not righteous. And it's amazing me how Jesus does that to me. I say, Michael, you're not treating Christine well. You're not treating your son or your daughter well at this moment. Michael, you're not treating your coworkers well. And it's never meant to keep me in the gutter, right? It's always meant to pull me out of the gutter. It's meant to put me back on the path of love, honor, respecting other people. That's what judgment does. It takes the speck out of your brother's eye. And Jesus says, <laughs> I love this. He says, when we think about how to judge, he says, at the beginning, judge not that you not be judged. Uh, for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You ever had anybody who was like a really hard judger? 
who just everything. Oh, you watched that movie? Oh, oh you went there? You didn't go to bed at 7 o'clock on Saturday night to be fresh and awaken on Sunday? You know? And you got somebody who just picks everything apart and just lays down the line so hard. What happens when they fall? What happens when they go to bed at 7.15 at night? Oh, people like vultures. They tear them apart. He says, you know what? You judge how you want to be judged. And the question is, how do you want to be judged? When somebody comes and says, hey, I see something in your life I want to talk to you about. I love you. I want to talk to you about it. How do you want them to approach you? Oh, gently. Oh, great. You, know, you, you want somebody to be gentle with you. Good. With tissues. With tissues. Somebody else. When you're being approached, how do, how do you want somebody to talk to you? A- Amen. Amen. All right, there, I'm right there. Yeah. Don't beat around the bush. Get right to it. Do not, do not tell me I look good today in, my, in this new shirt. No, no, no. Just say, hey, you are, yeah. How about somebody else? How do you want them, when they come talking to you, how do you want them, when they come to get that speck out of your eye, how do you want them to talk to you? What kind of attitude? What's that? Humble. Humble. From a place of love, wanting God's best for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you, you, come, you really do find humility when you see the logs in your own eye. When you see your sin, it really helps you to be able to come be gentle. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, at verse 1 and 2, that's right, it says the high priest in the Old Testament, the high priest would offer a sacrifice for his own sin. And it says because he did that, he could deal gently with those who came. It takes your, when you see your own sin, and then you, see, and you remember the grace of God that has come into your life and how much he's forgiven you, you can be humble. You can be gentle. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to put the finger on them until they scream. You can do it in a way that you want it to be done, in a way that is restorative. That's what judgment does. Right judgment restores us to the path that Jesus has called us to. Whether we've gotten off wrong about hating our brother, whether we've gotten off wrong about building our wealth here on this earth, as Jesus has just said in Matthew chapter 6, or whether, whether we're not honoring our spouse, somebody's coming alongside and helping us to get back on the path. That is the path of Jesus' teachings. And that is a gift. And that's what judgment is called to do. It's kind of funny, huh? The, how Jesus ends this. He says, don't give dogs what's holy. And do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack them. In other words, Jesus is telling us this. The gifts he's given you, use them appropriately. 
It's inappropriate to give a dog a filet mignon. That is inappropriate. It is inappropriate to throw your, your best jewels in a pig, pigsty. Inappropriate. It's inappropriate to use judgment in a way that belittles other people. It's inappropriate to use judgment in a way that makes them, you purposely come to make them feel bad. That is wrong. Very wrong. Use it as it was intended to you be used. <laughs> <I'm> a, <laughs> oh. Last night, the Lord saved me from using judgment in the wrong way. I got a call about a friend, knucklehead. I just pulled into the driveway and I got a call. I was ticked. I was ticked. I was, I was mad. My wife can attest. I was not happy. I already had my speech laid out to when I, when I rolled up to him. <sighs> I did call Pastor Tim. I, I need to get some information. And he said, Michael, calm down before you get there. So I began to pray. Lord, help me to love him. Help me to be good to him. And we drove around for about an hour, and I was, I was frank. I was up front, no beating around the bush, but I did it in a loving, soft way. I said, brother, we've known each other for 20 years. You're being stupid right now. You know I love you. You know we all love you. You're being dumb. And then we talked like that. And at the end of it, we pulled up to his house. He had a new countenance because the Lord saved me from using the gift of judgment in a wrong way. So, as the praise team comes up and we've got time to reflect, be asking the Lord how you're using the gift of judgment that he's given you. Are you using it to help people or to belittle? Are you helping, are you using them, are you reaching your hand down with it, get them out of the gutter, or are you pushing them back in, making them feel guilty? Ponder that. Do you guys have any questions about judgments, making a judgment? Anything confusing? Anything you want to question to? Let's say a few things before we have dessert. The way Jesus talks about using judgments, it really is for the sake, for the good of the body. We have, I think one of the mistakes we make, I, well, I don't think, I know. One of the mistakes we make as a people of God is that we judge the world around us and we do it harshly. We talk about political leaders often. If they're not, in our, if they're not going with our belief in governing, eh, not too good. We, we can be harsh with entertainment, entertainers. I, I, I often think of Miley Cyrus. I don't know how popular she is anymore, but people would just, just rack on her. And, and Paul says this. Paul writes to, the, to, the low, to our brothers and sisters meeting in a town called Corinth. They had a lot of problems when he wrote to them. They were kind of going off the rails a little bit, kind of 
straying from what Jesus had taught. And this is what he says, and he's going to talk to them. He's heard, of, he's heard their issues, and he's going to give his judgments so they can get back on track. But this is what he says in chapter 5, and he says, um, For what do I have to do with judging outsiders? It's not those inside the church whom you are to judge. No, sorry, it is not those. Let me back up a little bit. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexual immoral people, not at all meaning the sexual immoral, immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, since that would mean you need to go out of the world. But I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother, for he, if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what do I have to do with judging outsiders? In other words, it wasn't his place to correct them. It was his place to give them the gospel. That was his place. And it's okay to, t to give judgment to what Jesus has said. Do you remember John chapter 3? Uh, John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he did what? That he gave his one only son that whoever believes in him should not what? But have everlasting life. So it's okay to say, you know what? The Lord is coming. And if you're not with him, you're going to perish. You answer for your own sin. But man, come on, come on over here. Trust in Jesus. It's okay to give that kind of judgment. But don't try to correct them. That's not our call. Our call is to pray for them and give them the message of hope. That's how we're going to do it. And when you and I use judgment in the right way, I tell you, it's a blessing. My friend who I picked up last night called me today. I kind of told him some things to do. And he didn't know it, but I was kind of in a bad way today. I had, a bad, I, I was, I had some insecurities running through my mind. And as we began to talk, I felt the Lord kind of flicking my little ear saying, Michael, you need to stop that. And I thought, that's what happens. You help somebody out, you get them on the right path, and then they get you back on the right path too. Because we all need some people in our lives to use their minds to see the situation and get us out of the gutter. It's, it's uh, keeping the thing that is holy, holy, and keeping it proper. And uh, if you struggle with that, Jesus says at the end of his teachings, ask, seek, and knock. If you ask, he'll give it to you. You seek it, you'll find it. You knock, he'll open the door. He'll give you exactly the things that you're asking for in regards to his teaching. It's a great thing. So enjoy your evening, and may the Lord bless you very, very greatly.